0: Welcome to Audiobook Test Drive. In today's episode, we are featuring an excerpt from Femdom Fusion, written by Jim Lyon. Exploring Modern Polyamory and Virtual Reality Here are two imaginative tales that highlight the frontier of our ever-changing sexual landscape. One told from the point of view of an experienced mistress, the other a novice submissive. Mistress Stephanie's strays takes place in a tropical, polyamorous BDSM household. After inheriting her namesake aunt's estate, Stephanie leaves the bohemian life in Portland behind and heads to her new home in Hawaii. Upon arriving in Kona, Stephanie learns that her aunt and she had more in common than anyone would have ever guessed. Along with the house came four live-in servants who had been her aunt's longtime submissives. While Stephanie has been a practicing dom for years, taking on four complete strangers as service submissives proves to be a daunting task. Virtual Reality Mistress delves into the kinky possibilities of virtual reality. While surfing the Internet, meandering from website to website during an episode of Insomnia, Jody ends up on an esoteric blog about virtual reality software and accoutrement where an ad for an intriguing product catches his attention. A stunning femme fatale boldly proclaims that Jody can live out all his sexual fantasies in the privacy and safety of his own home by purchasing the virtual reality mistress. To the sleep-deprived Jody, that sounds like a pretty good idea. So he places an order, and a few days later, a FedEx package arrives that changes his life forever. Using information gathered from a battery of assessments and questionnaires filled out by Jody, this product provides him with customized virtual reality fantasies based on his core sexuality. The only trouble is he is not aware of how dark some of his true desires are. Jody embarks on an always erotic but sometimes unsettling journey determined to make peace with his demons. And now for your listening pleasure. An excerpt from Femdom Fusion.
1: Chapter 1. Mistress Stephanie's Strays About a month after my namesake aunt died unexpectedly from a heart attack, I was contacted by her attorney and learned she left most of her estate to me. Aunt Stephanie hadn't been fabulously wealthy, But I inherited her house in Hawaii and a portfolio of investments that generated enough income for me to live comfortably without having to work for a living. Whereas I was definitely pleased with this windfall, it also served to remind me how much I loved my aunt and grieved her passing at such a young age. She had been a vibrant, free spirit who in many ways inspired my own independent approach to life. In some respects, I think that I connected more with her than I did my immediate family. Since I was in between relationships and living a somewhat bohemian lifestyle at the time, it didn't take long to settle my affairs in Portland and book a flight to the Big Island with all my worldly possessions stuffed into one suitcase and a tote bag. Lorelei met me at the open-air airport in Kona and welcomed me in classic Hawaiian fashion by draping an orchid lei around my neck and hugging me affectionately. My previous experience with lawyers did not prepare me for such a display of friendliness and warmth, or her business attire comprised of a colorful muumu, a puka shell necklace, and handmade sandals. Gentle trade winds with a sweet tropical fragrance— enhanced the almost magical sense of arriving home I experienced as we gathered my luggage and strolled to Lorelai's car, chatting amicably. At Lorelai's office, overlooking the town in the Pacific Ocean below, I read and signed a seemingly bottomless pile of documents. Then she handed me a set of keys and said, That should do it for all of the legal stuff, but there are some things about your aunt's living arrangements that you need to be made aware of and some decisions you have to make in that regard. With charming decorum and delicacy considering the nature of what she had to say, Lorelei informed me that my aunt had been a long-time BDSM enthusiast, a practicing dom with several service submissives in her thrall. As if that wasn't enough for me to process, the reason she was telling me this was that the aforementioned subs were living in my house I had a full staff of servants whose only compensation was room and board and, if I was agreeable, periodically being subjected to corporal punishment and allowed to provide me with my choice of pleasure. I nearly guffawed at the first revelation. Apparently, my aunt and I had been more alike than I ever imagined. Although I was surprised to learn of Aunt Stephanie's involvement in the lifestyle, I was not, however, unacquainted with the DS world. Indeed, I had been dabbling with variations of total power exchange for most of my adult life, exclusively as a top. Later, I wondered idly if Aunt Stephanie had somehow become aware of our shared affinity for BDSM, and that knowledge had factored into her decision to make me her primary heir, presuming that I would likely be willing to look after her strays should she die while they were still in her service. Lorelei was visibly relieved when I confessed to having similar proclivities as Aunt Stephanie, and I assured her that I was amenable to retaining my aunt's household staff under the same conditions she had negotiated with them. A Cheshire cat-like grin appeared on my lawyer's face as I spoke, indicating to me ever so subtly that she too embraced the dark pleasures. I made a mental note to ask her about the local DS scene after getting settled into my new role as Mistress of the Manor. While Lorelai drove us around the island toward my new home, I read through a journal that detailed the essentials of Aunt Stephanie's history with my new wards. It dated back roughly ten years, chronicling the circumstances under which each of them entered the fold. On the day of my arrival, the staff consisted of a groundskeeper, a maid, a chef and a personal assistant. Peter, the chef, was the first to become Aunt Stephanie's live-in servant. Louise, the groundskeeper, and Tony, the maid, came along within a few months of each other, about two years later. The most recent arrival, Molly, my aunt's PA, arrived six years prior to her death. According to notations in the journal, the household had been running like a well-oiled, if kinky, machine for quite some time. Just thinking about becoming the mistress of a ready-made polyamorous DS family had an invigorating aphrodisial effect on me, despite the challenging prospect of doming four complete strangers at once. It was like getting my dream job, but way better. Before we left her office, Lorelai called ahead with an estimated time of arrival. By the time we turned off the highway and followed a narrow private road for a quarter mile or so, Finally arriving at a clearing fronting a sprawling one-story Hawaiian-style house situated under a canopy of overlapping banyan trees, my inherited submissives were waiting expectantly. They stood in a line side by side and assumed a posture akin to parade rest, naked save sandals and body jewelry. As soon as Lorelai and I exited the car, they called out in unison, "'Aloha! Welcome to our ohana, Mistress Stephanie!' then blew me kisses and spread their arms invitingly. I am not a particularly emotional person, but their gesture touched my heart. This whole experience was so surreal, for a few moments I was at a loss for words. Eventually, I found my voice and thanked them for their warm welcome before articulating what I had been thinking during the drive from Kona. I am really looking forward to this new adventure with you, It goes without saying that there will be an adjustment period for all of us. For your part, bear in mind that even though my aunt and I shared the same name, I am not her, and regardless of our common DS sensibilities, how they are manifested in me is bound to be different in many ways than how they were in her. I paused, searching for the right words. I know this will be a wonderful experience for us all. It just won't be exactly what you've been used to. I'm afraid you will have to acclimate to my desires and how I do things since I am the resident dom now. While I will try not to run roughshod over any of you, I must stay true to myself. Change is good, and I hope that you embrace it. After following Molly around on a grand tour of Kauhalai Stephanie, finally ending up in the master suite, I looked on as she unpacked my luggage and began hanging some of my clothes in the closet and placing others in the drawers of a large teak dresser. I sat back in a wicker chair beside my bed and visually drank in the essence of the tall and slender woman with tawny skin and lush black hair cascading halfway down her back while she efficiently completed her tasks. Her body bore evidence that Aunt Stephanie had used it as a canvas to express her unique, artistic tastes. Delicate floral tattoos encircled Molly's wrists and ankles, Simple gold rings graced her nipples and clitoris. Several heavy-duty stainless steel chastity rings sealed her pussy lips, and a faux foxtail protruded from the butt plug seated in her rectum. While I assumed that in time I would become somewhat desensitized to this enticing eye candy, at that moment I was definitely not unaffected by it. When Molly was through putting my things away, I stood up and instructed her to undress me. As she dutifully obeyed, I silently thanked my aunt for giving me this opportunity. Being able to top such a beautiful and well-trained bottom, with whom I was barely acquainted, was an exceedingly rare and erotic treat. Simply placing a hand on Molly's shoulder and applying a little downward pressure was all it took to communicate what was expected of her. She promptly dropped to her knees and began nuzzling my pussy pausing momentarily to take a deep breath through her nose and familiarize herself with the distinctive scent of my arousal. My knees weakened slightly when her velvety tongue flicked my clitoris the first time. Oh my, she was an expert at providing oral service. Her long tongue snaked into my slit and slowly licked its way upward, her mouth eventually seizing my clit and teasing it mercilessly she pleasured me in this manner until I had to brace myself on her shoulder to keep my balance. And when she augmented her oral ministrations with first one finger, then two fingers, and finally three penetrating my pussy, I had to sit on the edge of the bed to avoid crumpling to the floor and writhing in sensory overload. After the second mind-numbing orgasm, I pushed her away gently and crawled to the center of the bed soon thereafter drifting into a blissful sleep filled with deliciously lurid dreams. An hour later, I awoke completely rested, with a residual glow in my loins. I lay on the bed a while, musing about the curious and wonderful turn my life had taken. Finally, I stirred myself and rolled out of bed and headed toward the kitchen, wearing only the satisfied smile of a well-serviced dom. I perched on one of the stools along the kitchen counter, sipping a bottle of imported beer, while Peter was in his element, preparing what turned out to be the best omelette I had ever tasted. Clearly, I had worked up quite an appetite from the liaison with Molly, because I wolfed his minor masterpiece down in nothing flat, along with a side of home fries and a small bowl of strawberries. I was already beginning to wonder how I had survived this long without having my own personal chef. I had to give Aunt Stephanie credit. She really knew how to enjoy life to the fullest. What's your backstory, Peter? I inquired casually. What path led you here? Peter stopped what he was doing and struck a thoughtful pose as he considered his response. I've been involved with cooking nearly all my life. My family owns a small cafe, and I was always drawn to the kitchen rather than the business side. After I graduated from culinary school, I worked as an assistant chef at a few different restaurants until finally getting the opportunity to become head chef at a shishi bistro in Sherman Oaks. Simultaneously, I was exploring my sexually submissive nature and became a regular at Club Noir, a nearby establishment catering to the BDSM community in the San Fernando Valley. About ten years ago, Stephanie came to the valley on an extended visit with some friends who were also regulars at the club. She often accompanied the couple on their club visits during the time she was staying with them. We met on her first night and hit it off right away. She and I seened numerous times and gradually developed a close bond. Before she returned home, she gave me a one-way airplane ticket to Hawaii and an open invitation to become her permanent personal servant. I was eager to be her live-in sub, but a little apprehensive about the permanent part. But after missing her terribly for three months, I finally warmed to the idea quit my job and got on the first available flight to paradise. I've never looked back or regretted my decision. He surreptitiously brushed a tear from one eye and continued speaking in his soothing, mellifluous manner. I was devastated when she died. I'm so glad, as are all the others, that you are going to carry on in her place. Reaching across the counter, he clasped my hand and looked into my eyes soulfully. You're going to love it here. This is as good as it gets. I think you may be right, I replied softly. I returned his intense gaze for several seconds, then winked playfully and said, Why don't you come around to this side so I can check out the merchandise? I want to make sure I'm not getting some worn out sub coom has been chef my aunt was keeping around out of pity. Peter grinned and did as I suggested. For the first time, I studied him closely. He was in good physical condition for a man in his late 40s. His completely hairless body was lean and toned. I brushed one hand over his bald head and discovered his skin was soft and smooth, indicating that it had been lasered rather than shaved. His cock appeared to be pulled downward through his legs. I motioned for him to turn around, and when he did, I could see that the head of his cock was anchored to his perineum by a thick stainless steel ring. Apparently, Aunt Stephanie had a penchant for keeping her submissives chaste, I noted. One other unusual feature likely attributable to her was a colorful flower-shaped tattoo centered on Peter's anus, which housed a substantial bejeweled butt plug. I was quickly gaining an appreciation for my aunt's fetishes and artistic flair. How long has it been since your cock was free? I asked. "'About eight years,' was his reply. "'Have you made your peace with being permanently locked?' I queried. "'Long ago. I am a true submissive, "'so what would I do with it besides masturbate anyway?' was his rejoinder. "'I nodded and said, "'Good point. The notes in my aunt's journal "'indicated that she enjoyed pegging you, "'teasing your cock and balls with an electro wand, "'and keeping your ass cheeks decorated with the marks of her cane.' Tracing my hand along the contour of his ass, I continued. I suppose I'll need to do something with this unblemished butt of yours. It seems a shame to have it remain unmarked, since I too have a fondness for wielding a cane. And of course, I always get aroused by administering corporal punishment, so I'll also have to satisfy my dark needs with some pegging and genital torment. If that pleases, mistress, I will gladly accommodate you. Peter responded, his eyes twinkling and a smile forming on his lips. "'Come to my room tonight at ten, and bring the necessary accoutrement,' I told him, before heading off to become better acquainted with my other staff members. After slipping on a pair of flip-flops, I headed toward the garden. Whereas Molly had given me a tour of the interior of the house, I had yet to explore the exterior.' Intent on tracking down Louise, I stepped through the back door and was greeted by patches of dappled sunlight accentuating the quietude and tropical beauty surrounding the lanai. Transfixed by the tableau in front of me, I stood still, closed my eyes for a few seconds, and inhaled deeply through my nose, savoring the fragrant fresh air permeated with subtle floral, vegetation, and damp earth notes. Peter's recent words immediately came to mind. This is as good as it gets. Finally, I continued on my quest following a crushed rock path leading away from the house. The path wound through the garden in a manner that seemed to trace the natural flow of the topography. Before long, I came upon Louise in a large, horseshoe-shaped offshoot of the path, standing beside a wheelbarrow while pruning an overgrown hibiscus tree. Busy with her task, Louise didn't hear me approach, so I took the opportunity to observe her in action and focus on her physical characteristics. With the exception of her curly, close-cropped mane, like the others, her body was completely hairless, presumably as a result of laser treatments. She had the body of a farm girl, but an arborist's poise was evident as she meticulously refined the tree's natural beauty. Her pussy was secured with heavy-duty chastity rings, and her breasts and clitoris were adorned with gold rings in the exact fashion as Molly. While she did not wear a foxtail, she did have the de rigueur butt plug of all Aunt Stephanie's submissives. That looks lovely. You do good work, I gushed when Louise tossed the last of the excised branches into the wheelbarrow. The barest hint of a smile crept onto her lips. She did not appear startled or bothered by my intrusion into her world. The soil here is so rich and the rain so plentiful. It's all I can do to keep this property from reverting to a wild and unruly state. Louise said as she looked up and met my gaze. What was it like when you first came here? I asked. She rolled her eyes dramatically to convey that anyone who hadn't experienced it firsthand couldn't possibly fathom how overgrown and unkempt it had been. That bad, huh? I commiserated. Oh, yeah, Louise replied, with the slightly weary tone of someone who had survived a great ordeal. We continued to converse amiably, first primarily about things to do with the daunting task of maintaining the grounds, but eventually drifting into her devotion to Aunt Stephanie and the general workings of the polyamorous household during her time there. Ultimately, we got around to the DS side of things as they related to her. I lightly placed my hand on Louise's cheek and said, I understand from reading my aunt's journal that you're quite the pain slut. Most people might wonder how a person as gentle as you are and with your great love of nature, could have an intense affinity for pain. But I get it. It's really not that different from someone like me enjoying inflicting pain in a sexualized situation. It's just who we are, and we have learned to accept and embrace that aspect of our nature. It's yin-yang in the extreme, Louise interjected, touching my hand on her cheek with her own before casting her eyes downward shyly. I nodded in agreement. Is it really true that my aunt used your floggings as a way to keep in shape? I asked her somewhat incredulously. A grin spreading across her face, Louise responded in the affirmative. That she did. She claimed it was the best aerobic exercise regimen she had ever used. Well, who am I to argue with such a sterling testimonial? I replied. I'm going to need a good workout program in order to maintain the stamina for doming four subs. What are the best times and days for you? We settled on every other morning at 7:30 to avoid the heat and humidity. Things were shaping up on establishing the new mistress submissive dynamic in my kinky cowhale. Next up on the agenda was my maid Tony. Late in the afternoon, I was on my bed propped against the headboard reading a book when Tony arrived to tidy up my bedroom and ensuite bathroom. I set my book down motioned him over and instructed him to set his cleaning kit down, then stand still so I could inspect him properly. My sissy maid was a petite beauty with café au lait skin tones and long golden hair, done up in a chignon style. I suspect my aunt spared no expense with his makeover. His perfect, perky breasts were a testament to the skill of the plastic surgeon that created them. Judicial nips and tucks and the best hormone therapy that money can buy contributed to a feminine visage and shapely body that any runway model would die for. Rather than transform his genitals to those of a woman, Aunt Stephanie had opted instead to neuter him and allow his diminutive appendage to shrivel to the remaining nubbin between his legs, which featured a delicate heart-shaped locket dangling from its tip. As I expected, no traces of facial or lower body hair were evident, but a high-end butt plug was. My imagination wandered to a scenario in which Tony was laving both of my pleasure portals with his tongue as he had done so often for my aunt. That fleeting fantasy began making me horny and triggered a tingle of desire between my legs. Since we were already in my bedroom, acting on my spontaneous urges seemed like the obvious way to begin bonding with my new and willing submissive. Have you missed having a mistress to please with your lips and tongue, Tony? I asked in a quiet voice. Of course, but more than that, I miss being with Mistress Stephanie. She was a wonderful person with a glorious kinky streak. She helped me realize my every fantasy. Tony replied in a modulated feminine voice, gesturing with his hands to draw attention to his feminized body as visual proof of his final point. Well, I don't know how I'll measure up to her, but I do have my own admirable qualities that you may find to be equally to your liking. And I definitely have a kinky streak a mile wide. In fact, right now I have a powerful desire for you to rim me while I use a vibrator to relieve the sexual tension that's been building up in me ever since you walked in here. I replied, flashing a sultry smile. I retrieved the vibrator from the nightstand, then positioned myself face down on the bed with my ass sticking up. Patting the mattress with my free hand, I announced, All aboard! The naughty train is ready for departure. Tony smiled demurely, then immediately jumped on the bed and put his tongue to work. Oh, what a wicked tongue he had. It circled my pucker slowly and seductively, causing me to twitch with lust while my vibrator hummed its body tune on my clit. The languid descent of his tongue to my opening was erotic torture, but the reward when it reached its destination and insinuated itself inside of me made it worth enduring. While his incredibly long tongue wandered around inside my rear passage, his slender fingers found their way to my pussy, and began delicately augmenting the pleasure generated by my vibrator. Had I been standing, my knees would have buckled under the assault of the multiple stimuli on my erogenous center. I held back on my orgasm as long as I could, but when Tony's entire hand worked its way inside my pussy and began fucking me rhythmically, the dam finally burst, and my entire body spasmed as my consciousness was engulfed by a fireball of pure pleasure. After I had recovered, somewhat, it took all of my remaining energy to pull sweet Tony to my side and wrap my arms around him in appreciation for the pleasure he had provided me. Peter arrived in my bedroom as scheduled at precisely 10 p.m. with a satchel full of toys. I watched with keen interest as he spread the contents on my bed. The hefty cane caught my attention and caused my pussy to stir just a bit in anticipation of putting it to use. Of equal interest to me was the electro wand, an esoteric tool capable of inflicting nasty and painful sensations in sensitive areas of the body. I was also pleased to see a harness, outfitted with a large strap-on, which would serve as a sort of digestif to our carnal feast. I didn't think that the wrist and ankle cuffs would be absolutely necessary considering the depths of Peter's submission, but they were a nice touch anyway. Without being told to, Peter secured the cuffs to his wrists and ankles and climbed up on the bed with his ass presented for whatever use pleased me. I attached his wrists to his ankles with carabiner clips, then grabbed up the electro wand and inspected its controls. To familiarize myself with the unit's capacity, I plugged it in, pointed it toward the ceiling, and gradually adjusted the power setting, watching the crackling arc of electricity flash harmlessly. After choosing a moderate setting, I began waving the wand over Peter's cock and balls. The crackles and pops that resulted from my efforts sounded more ominous than they actually were, but added an edgy excitement to our foreplay. When I placed the wand near the steel ring in his cockhead. The current arced dramatically and prompted Peter to grunt in reaction to the intense buzzing sensation that it engendered. In a small corner of my mind, it seemed as if I was channeling the spirit of my aunt while I proceeded to playfully torment his genitals with this diabolical toy. I lingered over his balls, the electro-wand eliciting a long series of grunts and yelps that were like perverse music to my ears. When I began zapping Peter's metal butt plug, he began to moan loudly as the current coursed through his prostate, soon triggering a steady drool of semen from the tip of his cock. As much as I would have loved to stretch out this delightful intimacy, I decided it was time to move on to recreational caning, one of my favorite DS pastimes. Almost reluctantly, I set the electro wand aside and picked up the sturdy cane that Peter provided. It had a comfortable weight and feel to it. I swished it through the air several times for effect, hoping to heighten the anticipation for my wonderfully submissive chef. Do you have a limit to the number of strokes you can take? I asked. No, I defer to your judgment, was his reply. Very well. Let's start with a hundred lashes tonight and test your upper limits as time goes on, I told him. A familiar hunger gnawed at my loins as I gazed upon the unblemished ass presented so invitingly for me on the bed. Before starting the session in earnest, I ran my hand over Peter's thigh gently, a bit of tenderness to precede the harsh kiss of the cane. He quivered almost imperceptibly as I did so, knowing what was to come immediately afterward. As is my custom, I put my full strength behind the first stroke then paused to allow Peter to process the intense assault to his body. Peter neither flinched nor cried out when the cane smacked loudly against his flesh, and only the slightest hint of a grimace was visible on his face. While waiting for Peter to prepare for the next blows, I closed my eyes and basked in the wave of sexual energy that always accompanies the beginning of a caning. After only about fifteen seconds had passed, An angry red welt dead center across Peter's ass cheeks stood testimony to the ferocity of the blow he had received. Using it as a guide, I began laying down a steady succession of lesser strokes above and below the original one. As the pain from my lashes escalated, Peter began to whimper each time the cane made contact. Between the thrill of wielding my cane on a new submissive partner and listening to the intoxicating sounds of Peter's suffering, My level of arousal reached fever pitch, causing my inner thighs to become drenched with the fluids of my dark lust. Without hesitation, I began pleasuring my clitoris with one hand while continuing my mission to deliver the promised 100 strokes. My first orgasm nearly knocked me off my feet at number 63. The second, less intense climax arrived shortly after counting off the final blow while I listened to Peter's grateful sobs as he adjusted to the cessation of his intense caning, I verbally calmed Peter while applying a soothing salve to his wounds. When that task was completed, I fetched the strap-on ensemble that he brought and quickly slipped it on. It had been a while since I pegged anyone, so I was really looking forward to what lay ahead. That I had essentially inherited submissive partners to share this and many other fetishes was still difficult for me to fully comprehend. I removed Peter's butt plug and began slathering his dilated opening with lubricant. After greasing up the strap-on and wiping my hands on a towel, I placed the dildo at his anus and slowly inserted it inside his rectum. The soft silicone stimulators at the base of the dildo pressing against my clitoris each time I thrust into him sent jolts of exquisite pleasure throughout my loins. It didn't seem possible for me to become so aroused such a short time after the two orgasms I had while caning Peter, but inexplicably my libido was on fire again, perhaps as a result of my sudden total immersion into this polyamorous environment in which I was the only Dom. It is hard to adequately communicate how turned on I was by the visual impact of a trussed-up submissive with a permanently locked cock and an ass covered by welts that I had caused to be there. I was too far gone for much foreplay, so I just started fucking Peter with vigorous abandon. His eyes glazed over, as I'm sure mine did, while I pounded his ass relentlessly, my pussy electrified by the pleasure generated each time our groins slammed together. After the first one, I lost track of how many climaxes I had during our frenzied coupling. Finally spent, I removed the strap-on assembly, detached the carabiners, and lay beside Peter in a semi-daze, marveling over the marathon of kinky sex that I had just experienced on my first day as the new mistress of Kahale Stephanie. Before slipping into a deep and relaxing slumber, I mentally reviewed the day's events and considered their implications for the future. Indeed, I was extremely grateful to have received this amazing gift from Aunt Stephanie, but it was very clear to me that I would need to follow her fitness regime in order to maintain the stamina for keeping this up. Taking on the responsibility of doming four subs was not going to be easy, even if it was going to be a total kick in the ass. The warm climate and multiple sexual episodes had resulted in spending the majority of my first day at Kahale Stephanie wearing only a pair of flip-flops and a smile. While attending to my ablutions prior to meeting Louise for our 7.30 a.m. workout, I decided to make that my everyday attire while at home. It was glorious walking in the garden on that balmy Hawaiian morning, with a gentle breeze tickling my loins and lightly ruffling my hair intoxicating, exotic scents issued from the flowers and vegetation that I passed along the path, reminding me what a special place my new home was. Louise was meditating in the lotus position on a yoga mat when I arrived at the agreed-upon spot. Laid out on the path beside her was a small selection of floggers and whips. She opened her eyes and smiled warmly as I approached. Even though I am not a yogini... In deference, I nodded and uttered the traditional greeting, Namaste. Then I began inspecting the implements she set out for me. By the time I settled on a small flogger for close work and a heavy-duty one for the rest of her body, Louise had quietly gotten to her feet and assumed a stance with her legs spread apart and her hands clasped behind her neck. Just knowing that she was offering up her body for a severe flogging, without benefit of bondage or something solid to hold on to, caused my pussy to tingle with excitement. Considering that it had been at least a couple months since her last flogging, I was determined to provide Louise with an experience that would satisfy her pent-up need. I began abruptly with a vicious snap to her clitoris from the small flogger, which startled her into a forlorn moan that sent a thrill up my spine. I let her savor that painful introduction to her new mistress' temperament before following up with more measured blows in the immediate vicinity. Soon I started peppering her breasts with the cruel tendrils of the flogger that alternated between her pussy and her tits. It was obvious that Louise was truly a pain slut, because she thrust her body forward to meet each stroke of the leather and sighed with pleasure every time her flesh was violated. Louise's enjoyment of the punishment I was administering ignited my own dark lust. The foreplay was over. I shifted the heavy-duty flogger to my whipping hand and segued into the aerobic exercise phase of this workout. I could feel my body warming up as I began rhythmically wielding the flogger on her upper body while slowly circling around the target of my blows. Periodically, I would deviate from the systematic delivery of strokes and swing the business end of the flogger through Louise's legs from the rear so that its leather tips found purchase on her pussy causing her to shudder involuntarily and take a deep breath to calm herself. It was those special kisses from my flogger that I enjoyed providing the most. My own loins twitched pleasurably as the impact radiated up my arm. As our flogging dance continued, the aerobic effects on my body became more evident. My breathing was more labored and I could feel my heart pounding away in my chest while sweat streamed out of my pores due to the combination of physical exercise and tropical humidity. At the end of the hour, Louise's flesh was covered in pink and red patches and bore numerous mementos of the flogger's caresses. We were both energized and drenched in perspiration when I officially ended our session with a long hug and a passionate kiss. I finally left Louise to her own devices and headed off to shower before breakfast. As the water washed away the sweat and calmed my mood, I found myself thinking that our session had been the best and most stimulating workout of my life. Unlike most exercise regimens, I did not foresee it ever becoming a chore that I sometimes would have to force myself to do while I toweled off an amusing fantasy involving an infomercial with a fitness guru extolling the virtues of the flogging workout video blitted through my mind.
0: We hope you enjoyed listening to this excerpt from Femdom Fusion. If you would like to hear the entire audiobook, it can be purchased at Amazon.com, Audible.com, and iTunes.com.